a lot of the things that sparked last year will will can forever be a part of how we fundraise you know i think live events are going to be really successful when we can have them again but i i do think a virtual component will always exist now you know it just makes sense and most conferences and stuff like that will have that too from virtuous i'm noah barnett and this is the responsive fundraising podcast a show where we talk with fundraising leaders and thinkers to uncover how today's top nonprofits craft remarkable donor experiences and build lasting relationships at scale on this episode, I'm joined by Cameron Ripley. Cameron is the CEO and founder of Community Boost, an organization that helps nonprofits drive growth through digital fundraising channels. They're an incredible organization and have helped so many really adopt digital strategies and acquire donors through digital channels. And as we all know, 2020 spotlighted the need for all of us, you and your nonprofits and so many others to really focus and reevaluate how they can leverage digital to engage donors with their story. And this is exactly what Cameron and I dig into during our time. We talk about the lessons learned from 2020 and the work that they did with so many clients. We also talk about what we should be doubling down on in 2021. It's an incredible conversation, so let's dive in. So Cameron, you're now, you know, the head and the founder of Community Boost. But I'm really curious in us taking a step back and unpacking what was your journey to doing this work today with nonprofits? Like, how did you get into the business of helping organizations grow their mission? Thanks, Noah. You know, that's a a debate. Do I give you the long version and the short version? Um, I guess in short, you know, 26 years old, I was really, you know, trying to determine what to do with my life. And actually, (laughs) I moved out to San Diego for an unpaid internship after, you know, a couple failed startups and um, started a digital marketing agency from the bottom. And one of the, the coolest pieces of that is we had an internship program in which we were teaching young people marketing and entrepreneurship and having them apply that to nonprofits. And that's when I was just forever hooked and realized that there's this opportunity to um, make an impact while hopefully making a living. And that was really the, the inspiration to start Community Boost and just wanting to execute on digital marketing, which I loved, but to do that for causes that you know I believed in. Yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting that combination between like, I want to do good, but I also want to make a living, (laughs) but I also want to make a living doing good, you know, Uh, and that path. It's so familiar with so many of the guests I've been able to interview is that they come back to that. Like, I knew I wanted to make a purpose. I also wanted to make sure I could provide for myself um, and those that, you know, I love and and I'm around, but I want to make sure that matters while I'm doing it. And I think that's the same story of so many of, you know, Virtuous's customers and those fundraisers we get to work with. And I'm sure you you see the same with your clients at Community Boost. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, just how I never really dreamed of starting a professional service agency. I think a lot of our amazing nonprofit partners had something happen in their life that was the the absolute inspiration of founding their organization or why they chose to work in a particular organization. And we're definitely just humbled and honored to, you know, be able to, to make a living, but also to just serve amazing causes that are, are really the true heroes. Indeed. And if we rewind 12 months 
uh, back to early 2020, a lot of these organizations had, you know, brilliant plans on how they were going to accomplish that mission and how they were going to press forward and connect supporters and raise money. But as you and I both know, you know, March came around and really shook a lot of nonprofits. And this shaking really accelerated the adoption of digital, which, you know, I know that's where Community Boost really focuses in on. So you kind of had a front row seat to that transition, but then acceleration of adoption. Can you kind of reflect on what you all learned in 2020 as you helped so many clients really begin to see digital as a path for both acquiring new donors, but also engaging their current supporters? Oh, definitely. I mean, it, you know, I've been doing this for about nine years, helping nonprofits scale online and scale impact and, and revenue online. But 2020, I think, is one of these years we'll never forget. I would say, in short, you know, the pandemic just accelerated everything. Really, the internet has given so many causes this amazing ability to connect with supporters, to scale their missions. But for a lot of causes, I believe it's, you know, a lack of adoption could actually be a, a huge risk. And we've been talking about that way before the pandemic. But then this year was, you know, throwing gasoline on that fire. Yeah, I think what's interesting is digital was like the thing that you hired a millennial to do in the corner of your fundraising shop. And now it's like, oh, wait, where's the millennial that runs digital? We got to figure this shit out and <laughs> get for, get going. Yeah, totally. You know, and, and I think that this year there was just so much uncertainty, but, you know, that uncertainty can naturally create opportunity. I would say results for a lot of the organizations were either breakthrough and stellar um, because they, you know, were moving quickly. And, you know, that was one of the things, right? I think this was a year where, you know, well, we always kind of dreamed of this virtual fundraiser. We'll do that in the next year or so because we also have our gala and everything else we have to do typically. But then all of a sudden you had to get that done in six weeks because you had no choice. And so <laughs> kind of moving and marketing by committee stopped, which you know I, I overall think is a good thing. And most organizations that won were really embracing agile marketing and just moving and testing so much faster. Yeah, and, and reflecting, obviously you saw incredible results. We've talked about this previously with various clients that you've had. Were there some kind of strategies that worked better for organizations that were kind of adopting this or expanding their investment in digital in 2020? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think, you know, success in 2020 broke down into storytelling. Um, and I think, well, like two parts, like storytelling and then just speed and trying to, to market in new ways. Um, and so for a lot of causes, you know, especially early in the pandemic, it was all about just needing to be real and being fast. And we saw some amazing case studies, um, you know, for example, the Tenement Museum, where they you know, museum in New York. New York was hit the hardest by the pandemic. And this was one of these business models that, you know, these are the business models we all looked up to prior to 2020 for the nonprofit sector. Um, and then all of a sudden, just, you know facing death really and then moving fast telling that story of you know really we need your help um and just did that in a really caring compassionate way and got that out and just had this massive success hit all the digital channels really well tried new channels facebook fundraisers facebook ads ultimately got picked up by the new york times because people wanted to help and i think that was a huge lesson too that people want to help 
but um, really just capturing that story and then trying new channels faster and, and figuring them out and really just marketing where people's attention is at, which it was even more online, is even more on Facebook and in our Instagram feeds. And, and um, so naturally, you know, the organizations that were just doing that well and as best they can and trying to stand out from the crowd um, actually had some big wins. Indeed. And I think people hear this story and they're like, okay, the Tenement Museum, traditional fundraising organization, like, you know, well, you know, well off relatively. Okay. The pandemic hits, they pivot to digital, they, you know, invest in the right ways. They're quick to make decisions. They move forward. I think for some listening to this are like, wait, what just happened? Like, what, what does that mean? What does that look like? How do I get started? Like, I'm still trying to figure out are we talking about Facebook advertisements to drive new donors? Or are you saying digital like email with like mail programs? Like how would you help an organization that's still kind of wrestling with like, how, how do we piece all these things together to really make a cohesive strategy? Where would you encourage them to start or to invest more in upfront to ensure that they can not just have a, one hit wonder events or some big virtual thing that they tried, but they're really, you know, adopting this like digital first integrated fundraising strategy as part of their overall fund development. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I, hear, I hear where you're going with that. Well, so I think to kind of break that down or add a bit more detail into those, when I was saying storytelling and speed, um, you know, even before that, I, I think there's this component of self-awareness, just, you know, what are we good at? Um, you know, if we were a stranger, would we even, you know, care about this appeal? And then really articulating that in our story. So what is your offer? You know, like what is your donation appeal? Uh, recurring giving going forward, pre-pandemic, I was really bullish on it. And then especially this year, you know, we're, we're in a subscription society. So first you have to have something that's worth marketing and that will, you know, drive engagement and hopefully support, right? And and for a lot of us, that, that is fundraising. So, you know, why is that? Why will people donate to us? And if we have that offer and it starts to get validated outside of friends and family, that's exciting. Now we can start to then test the key channels that we think can really move the needle and, and scale. So, um, which, you know, digitally, um, you know, I could go into that, but digitally, you know, email still works, um, but we have to have an email list, right? Uh, Facebook and Instagram ads continues to be huge. Um, you know, we definitely had some things happen this year with the, the boycott and things like that. Um, but overall, you know, for most of our partners, that's been a really scalable, profitable channel. Uh, the Google ad grant is a great channel as well to drive search traffic. Um, social media, of course, and those more traditional, but, you know, we do only have so many resources, so we, we have to naturally prioritize with what's working. Yeah. And, and I think I want to, I, I, there's so many good things that I think examples from 2020 that again, accelerated this like digital transformation or digital adoption. But as we look ahead and start organizations begin to think like, okay, how do we build a 2021 and beyond fundraising strategy, it, it, we begin to cross into these weird paths, I think, where fundraising or traditional donor development or advancement or stewardship is now getting blended in with 
communications or really what is marketing. And so this idea of like marketing and fundraising and development working together to kind of communicate and grow these missions are starting to emerge. But honestly, like I started working nonprofits 11 years ago, 12 years ago, and marketing was a term that like we weren't even allowed to have in our titles. Like it was almost like frowned upon uh, that long ago, but I've heard similar stories now. Uh, how are you seeing the evolution of like nonprofit marketing really leading the charge on some of these digital or like digital and offline integration points um, as nonprofit marketing actually becomes like more and more important role within an org? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I think that spectrum varies by the organization. But, you know, for me, I feel like, you know, one of the key roles of a board is to, you know, monitor the the health and of the organization and it's like long-term sustainability. And, I, and I'm a big believer that, um, you know, it, leadership has to be enrolled into why we're doing these things. You know, not, not every marketing dollar can or should, uh, you know, be expected to have an immediate ROI always. And you just look at so many causes, right? Like for example, you know, a charity water, right? We all look up to charity water, in so many ways, or there's massive organization. Oh, of course they're winning online, they're charity water. But, you know, if you study them like, from day one, when they were really small, they just believed in brand, believed in storytelling, believed in trying new channels, and, you know, naturally built um, such a, a huge following, right? And that's just one example. But, you know, I think you're right. Like with marketing, it's definitely, you know, marketing and development are, it's, there's just so much, uh, I guess they're definitely molding, right? Because it's, it's all about creating like a, an amazing donor journey and creating supporter advocates. Um, and, and I think that's still just a massive opportunity for 99% of causes and technology allows us to just do that um, in amazing ways when we roll up our sleeves and put in the time to figure out these platforms and create those experiences. Yeah, indeed. And I think we're seeing a lot here at Virtuous, the reprioritization of that though. And even, and I think that's where then you can start tackling some of these more downstream issues around like breaking down silos and having integrated fundraising strategies is at that point where we're saying we need to have an amazing donor experience because we need to be able to differentiate between other causes that are still good causes and that should get support. But when someone gives to our organization, we want them to feel connected. We want them to feel confident. We want them to know that they're having an impact and that they're here and important and, and needed for us to move our mission forward. And once you agree as a team or as an organization to say, this is a priority, it really helps drive some of these other conversations. And again, not to overemphasize this, but I think March of 2020, April 2020, really began to challenge organizations to rethink the core principles here. Like what does a brilliant donor experience look like? How do we need to break down silos or assumptions on who does what to be able to deliver that? Because it's becoming more and more important. And the organizations that are growing are the ones that are prioritizing this. Are you seeing similar things when you're talking to organizations and they're they're trying to figure out how digital plays into it? 
are they are they talking about the overall donor experience or does it still feel like digital or digital acquisition is kind of siloed in the corner yeah i mean it's definitely mixed i would say you know the more forward thinking are are realizing that right like there's a lifetime value to when we get somebody to give for the first time or even to um, you know, maybe sign a petition, knowing that long term that there's a high likelihood we can convert this person down our marketing funnel. You know, and I think that's critical too. And, and I think it's also, you know, I'd be remiss not to. Digital is also one of the ways we can also just massively scale impact, um, and not just fundraising. You know, and I know that we're we're talking fundraising on this podcast, but there's also been some tremendous breakthroughs and in supporting beneficiaries and things like that too, all online. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Digital isn't just a channel to raise money or just for donors, but program delivery as well. Um, and we saw that get really creative last year. Um, I want to, I want to, we only have a little bit more time left to spend together. And I just appreciate these insights and reflections on 2020, but I kind of want to get really practical because I do think we can go through these conversations and walk away and be like, yeah, we know we need to do that. We know it's important now what, you know? And so uh, if you, again, if you were advising one of our listeners and saying, Hey, here are the two or three priorities, whether digital or not, that you really need to focus in on as you map your 2021 strategy. And then if you have one or two, even just like practical things, like if you're not doing X, you should get that in order in the next 60 days. Sure. You know, I think what I'm hopeful for and optimistic is, you know, hopefully your organization, your leadership, your board just all agrees that, okay, we we really need to level up our digital um, and online efforts this year. And so this is a great time, right, to have that conversation, lay out those plans, exactly what you're you're alluding to. you know, I would encourage everyone to, okay, what is our actual experience where we are creating? How is our appeal? You know, we just came off a year end, right? And hopefully there was some new donor acquisition in there. I think most causes could really focus in creating a strong recurring giving offer uh, on the fundraising front specifically. And there's so many ways you can, whether you're branding that, and, and that can just be something that you can then really market all year. And there's a community element, hopefully behind it. um, And it's super scalable. Uh, And then as far as channels, Facebook and Instagram ads, I mean, it continues to just be a a massive channel for for our partners. And then when we have an offer like that, you can really um, scale traffic to it, run remarketing ads, uh, but of course, it's it is omni-channel now these days. You know, email is a huge part of that, and you, you basically just need to be communicating on those you know top three to f- to five channels consistently. Um, but yeah, you know, I I would really just focus on user experience, the the offer, and then what are the channels that you haven't tested or need to test or that are working and, and then continue to invest more into them. Um, you know, most people are like, I've, I've tried Facebook and Instagram ads, but like, really? Like, let's look at your creative. You know, have you tried like a fair amount of creative? Have you rolled out some video ads? Um, that type of thing. And, and when you do that, you can often see, you know, tremendous results that you can scale for all year, not just in, in the giving season. 
Yeah, I've definitely been a part of conversations where they're like, oh, we tried that. It didn't work. Next idea. And it's like, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> you had an intern set up Facebook ads in the corner and like you ran them for a week and you didn't raise enough money. Like that's that's what you mean, you know? So I do think testing assumptions and making sure Chirian uh, Kashi says you should do like zero-based strategy planning where you kind of go back to zero and say, okay, what do we want to do this year rather than like, what should we add or what should we drop? Like mm -hmm. his, his idea is like, just go to zero and then rebuild the ship every year. And I think that's an important part of this as well is 2021 deserves a 2021 strategy. It can't live off a recycled 2019 strategy and I believe 2020 was a very unique year that has learnings to pull forward, but still your 2021 strategy should look different than 2020. I, I definitely like that. You know, I think a lot of the things that sparked last year will, will can forever be a part of how we fundraise. You know, I think live events are going to be really successful when we can have them again. But I, I do think a virtual component will always exist now. You know, it just makes sense. And most conferences and stuff like that will have that too. Yeah, exactly. I, I know the one other thing that you prioritize at Community Boost, which I'm just, I'm so grateful for because it aligns with what we do here at Virtuous, is not only just providing your services, but also making sure you're providing, you know, free education and training, um, but also building community and connection amongst nonprofit marketers or those that are trying to move their mission forward in this way. And one of the things that are coming up that we collaborated on uh, recently, but we're also doing it again this year, is the Nonprofit Marketing Summit. And people can learn about that in the show notes and, and do that. I'm curious why you're investing so much effort here and, and even just unpack the why. Like, what do you see this vision of this nonprofit marketing community coming together? Why are you all doubling down on that and making it happen again this year and even scaling it up? Yeah, no, I appreciate you asking. You know, I mean, you kicked off the show kind of asking how I got started, right? And I, I think one of our early mantras at Community Boost was, well, wouldn't it be cool if, you know? And that's honestly like why it started. Well, wouldn't it be cool if we did had a made a living helping nonprofits do digital, right? And uh, last year we had some of our, just like everyone, we're really shooken. We had some of the biggest stages of our lives booked and, and those got canceled. And so we're like, well, you know, we work with, 200 nonprofits currently, but wouldn't it be cool if we could help thousands? And so with that, we launched our first ever nonprofit marketing summit. And um, also, you know, there's a lot of great conferences out there for organizations, but we wanted something that was really just heavy marketing and didn't dabble into, into too much else of that. So that was really the, uh, I, I guess, the genesis of it to bring in forward thinking nonprofits, talk marketing, talk what's what, what's working, have, you know, the majority of the speakers be nonprofit leaders or um, leaders from, you know, some of the advanced tech platforms or, or big marketing channels like Facebook or Google. And uh, yeah, this one should be really exciting. We've gone from nine sessions to 30. Um, so there's 30 sessions that uh, in all in one day, um, a lot of amazing contacts, speakers from Charity Water and Souls for Souls and Google and Facebook and Virtuous and um, Julia Campbell and, and just so many amazing people. So we're, we're, we're just really excited. Uh, I think part of it is just to, to give back. You know, we have this opportunity where we're able to be in the trenches doing marketing every single day for great causes. And so we just want to 
bring that network together and just have everyone talk shop and thought beginning of the year is a great time as we all look to game plan, you know, how can we make this one of our best years yet? Absolutely. And I do think it's it's also taking ourselves as marketers, because I, I remember I worked in digital fundraising for a while and I was like, it was, I only could really lean on non-social impact or impact forward organization communities, you know, where like I'm one of the only nonprofit people there. And what I appreciate about the Nonprofit Marketing Summit is we're saying, no, we as nonprofit marketers like need a community for ourselves as focused on how do we rally impact our impact makers together to learn, to, to collide with each other. And what is the result of that? And it's a platform for that. And so I am very excited about it. I wish it existed when I was a digital fundraiser back in the day, <laughs> in the early days. And uh, yeah, excited to be a part of it again uh, this year. Uh, if the people want to find out more about you, Cameron, and your work at Community Boost or the Nonprofit Marketing Summit, uh, how can they connect? Sure. Well, first, I mean, definitely go to nonprofitmarketingsummit.org. It's free to register. We also have a digital marketing for nonprofits group where a lot of the networking takes place for, for the attendees. Um, and then visiting communityboost.org is where, you know, we, we produce a lot of content. Uh, we're pretty active on our social channels and, you know, have our case studies. And, and that's a great place to reach out to. Um, and anyone honestly can email me at Cameron at communityboost.org. And <laughs> I check my email a lot, as you can imagine. So. Thanks, Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Responsive Fundraising Podcast by Virtuous. Each episode we've designed to really give you the insights into the philosophy, process, and playbook of leading nonprofits so that you can grow giving and build deeper relationships with the people who matter most, your donors. And if you want to dig further into responsive fundraising, we've actually put together an exclusive content pack just for listeners of this podcast. If you go to virtuouscrm.com slash podcast, that's virtuouscrm.com slash podcast, you can download a content kit that includes the Responsive Fundraising Blueprint, which outlines all of the strategies that are involved in implementing responsive fundraising. You'll also get the Responsive Fundraising Playbook, which includes 20 plus plays, which are basically strategies that you can implement today at your nonprofit to become more responsive and ultimately raise retention and increase giving. We'll also throw in a bunch of other resources and content that is gonna be helpful for you as you think about how you're applying responsive fundraising at your nonprofit. And it's completely free. You can grab that at virtuouscrm.com slash podcast. Oh, 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 o